is our sixth session now on Ephesians 5, 25 to 31. We're going to shift from this section to this section and try to understand the, the phrase in the same way. Try to understand this phrase, therefore. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then the rest of this is, how did Christ love the church so that husbands can discern from that how to love? That he might sanctify her, having having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives, parallels love your wives, as their own bodies, which is different, but parallels as Christ loved the church. You have love your wives as and love your wives as. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. This is a quotation from Genesis 2.24. As a man, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Father, I pray that we, husbands especially, would understand how to love our wives as Christ loved the church and as we love our own bodies. This is a standard as high as it gets in the world, and it is above us, and yet we are responsible for it by the Word and by the Spirit, and so I pray for both light and power as we study. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you go back to section or episode one on this unit, you'll see all of this worked through already. So let me just make short work of the review and then get on to what we're seeing here in this therefore. So we see an instruction to husbands to love wives as Christ loved the church, and then how Christ loved the church, and now we see husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies, and here comes some description of how one loves his own body. Now, what is the meaning of in the same way? So, you love your wife as Christ loved the church, and in the same way, you love your wife as your own body. And the explanation for that comes from verse 29. Pause for a minute and ponder that Paul uh, could have skipped verse 29 and simply said, Husbands, love your wives as uh, your own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then he could have jumped straight to verse 31 as a kind of justification for it and quoted Genesis 2. 
A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they become one flesh. And that accounts for why you are loving your wife as your own body, because you are one flesh with her. That would make perfect sense, and he gets to leave out verse 29. The reason verse 29 is not left out is because of this word right here. In the same way, self-love in loving your wife is Christ's love for the church. How can that be? What, what do you mean? What do you mean that loving your wife as your own body is like Christ loving the church? And verse 29 explains. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it as Christ. So now we're back to this, right? As Christ nourishes and cherishes the church because this is the explanation right here of this phrase. In the same way, when you love as your own body, you are loving like Christ loved the church because when he loved the church, he was loving his own body because we are members of his body. Does that make sense? So verse 29 is telling us that all of this love that we saw up here of Christ loving the church and giving himself up for her was a giving of himself for his body. And so there was a profound sense in which Christ was loving himself when he died for the church. That's the meaning of in the same way. Now, why, why might that be important for Paul to stress? Let's clear it and look at the therefore. Now, this therefore in the quote of Genesis 2.24 is really there in the original. Let's go back and look at it. Genesis 2.22. The rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last, unlike all the other animals who don't count, they're not of my essence, they're not of the same kind of thing with me. All of them I looked for, a helper fit, there was nothing there. This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I, this was one flesh with me. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. The same word play is there in the Hebrew. She should be called Isha because she was taken out of Ish. Therefore. It's a real therefore. Alkane in Hebrew. And also there in the Greek Septuagint. Therefore. How? Because she was once upon a time part of me. Therefore, the meaning of marriage is going to be this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become what they once were, in a sense, one flesh. So the therefore harks back to she's flesh of my flesh, and in marriage she will come she will become my flesh. There's something about the very nature of a man and a woman that make, makes the union in marriage totally unique and profound in 
returning, as it were, to the one flesh union through uh, intercourse and through the deeper realities of love. And the man and his wife were naked and they were not ashamed as they were once. So the point there is that the therefore was pointing from one flesh here to the one flesh that they once were. However, what does the therefore mean here? If Paul didn't mean it to have any connection here, he could have left it out, or he could have replaced it with a because. He left it. And he left it because verse 29 is putting marriage on a deeper footing. We're going to see that in a minute in verse 32. The deeper footing is, here's, here's verse 32, 31. Marriage of a man and a woman becoming one flesh. In Genesis, this is traced back to woman uh, being or having been one with, with man. So it traced 224 of Genesis, went back and said, the woman came from the side of man, she was once one with man, and now she is distinct from man, but in marriage becomes one flesh with him. Here, in verse 29, this is traced back further to the church will become one with Christ. Read it and see if this doesn't make sense. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, as Christ nourishes and cherishes the church because we are members of his body and because the church is one body with Christ, therefore marriage has that meaning. I think that's what Paul's saying. Therefore, the original marriage has the meaning of being modeled on what would be between Christ and the church. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife and become one flesh because the church is one body with Christ. And here's the confirmation of that in the very next verse, 32. This mystery that I just articulated in verse 32 or verse 31 in its relationship to verse 29, rooted in Genesis 2.24, this mystery of the meaning of marriage modeled on the church's relation to Christ is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. I think that's Paul's way of saying, I'm saying that Genesis 2.24 refers to what's true in verse 29. And here's the profound truth. I used to think, and I think probably many people think, that when 
Paul thought he should find a way of explaining the relationship between Christ and the church, he looked around to find an analogy and he said, oh, marriage, that's a good analogy. Then I'll use marriage as an analogy for Christ and the church to explain the meaning of Christ and the church. That's not the way it happened, according to this. The way it happened was that Christ and the church were the original. And when God, in Genesis, decided to create marriage, he did it based on the original idea that he had for Christ and the church, which would come later. And so Paul is saying, Christ loves the church because we are one body with him, and therefore marriage has that meaning. And the one flesh union of marriage signifies the original intention of God to unite his people to his son in marriage, which simply means, I mean, simply is not the right word, but perhaps we can use it, which simply means marriage is as profound a relationship as can be conceived. It is modeled on, it represents, it embodies, and it dramatizes Christ and the church. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it, Genesis 2.24 marriage, refers to Christ and the church. Now, we have some things to go back and look at here. How are we husbands to deal with this in our relationship with our wives?